Hey, real quick, would you like to join me for a fun and super practical challenge to increase your online visibility? The Visibility Kickstarter Challenge is hosted by my friend Alina Vincent, who, if you don't know, she is the queen of online challenges. <clears throat> and that means that this is going to be one of the most actionable, value-packed, and fast-to-implement challenges that you have ever been a part of. I recently used her challenge method in my last launch, and it was the most effective challenge we have ever run, and it was easier than any, ever, any challenge we've ever run uh, as well. It is completely free, so if you want to join me, I'll be there. Head over to jenlaner.com forward slash 084 to sign up. And again, that's jenlaner, L-E-H-N-E-R.com forward slash 084. Hey guys, it's Gary Vaynerchuk, and you're listening to the Front Row Entrepreneur Podcast with our girl, Jen. You're listening to the Front Row Entrepreneur Podcast, episode number 15. For the transcripts and show notes from today's episode, go to jenlaner.com forward slash 15, and you have to spell out the number. Today's episode is being sponsored by Social Media Marketing Summer Camp, a five-week online program that teaches you everything you need to know to win in business using social media marketing. To learn more about camp, go to campwithjen.com. Our guest today is the official Pinterest camp counselor of Summer Camp 2018 and the content marketing manager at Tailwind, a Pinterest and Instagram scheduling and analytics platform and founder at Elisa Meredith Marketing. She's a blogger, speaker, and author, and a big believer in the power of visual marketing. Welcome to the show, Elisa Meredith. <laughs> Thank you, Jen. <laughs> By the way, I love the URL for your camp, Camp with Jen. It just sounds yeah, friendly, and I know it's yeah. going to be fun. Well, and I, I can't believe like no one else took it, so, right. I, was so I was so happy. <laughs> um, all right, well, let's just get it out of the way. Why do you love Pinterest so much? I mean, you've you've gone all in with it, clearly. So what is it about Pinterest that makes you love it so much? Mm, well, I think there are two sides to it, and there probably are for anyone using it for marketing. One is personally, you know, uh, whenever I have something like a trip coming up or a haircut, I can just get lost on Pinterest and find really great ideas. And that really is what Pinterest is about, is finding ideas for your planned events, your planned projects, anything you have that, that you want to make your life better. You're going to find it on Pinterest. Um, as a marketer, though, I, I got into it because I was using it as a bookmarking system. So I would find an article I wanted to read and didn't have time at the moment. So I would just save it to Pinterest instead of using bookmarks on my browser. And I realized that I was not the only one doing that. <laughs> so it, it really drew me in that way with personal use. And then I started getting curious about how could it work for marketing and who could it work for? So I wrote a little ebook about it in, in the process of figuring it out myself and got my first client with Pinterest that way, not even really thinking that it would be something I would offer as a service, but it turned out to be amazingly successful. Um, so I was just hooked. So wait a minute, you promote, okay, so you, you loved it so much, you wrote the book and then got your first client from the book? Mm -hmm. Yeah, he, he downloaded the, the ebook and he kept asking me questions via email and I kept trying to help him. But 
he just couldn't get it. So he finally said, can I just hire you to do this for me? And I thought, oh my goodness, am I not the world's worst salesperson? (laughs) 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 That he has to beg me to hire me to do this. So, (laughs) so yeah, I did. All right. So, so then you said it was amazingly successful. Mm-hmm. Your, the services that your, your business of helping people with Pinterest, your one to one service that, that just shot through the roof. Well, it was in like for him. And I wondered, is this going to work for him? Cause he was a, a, a nutritional counselor and a, a compounding pharmacist. And I thought, well, is this going to huh. work? But fortunately we were already. We, we began blogging for him. So we were able to create content that did really well on Pinterest. So it didn't take long before he was getting more traffic from Pinterest than from every other referral source, including organic combined. What do you think gave him the insight? I mean, because really kind of an unusual story. I mean, that he even would have thought that Pinterest was a place where he needed to go. Like, I'm kind of impressed by that. You know, I should go back and ask him. <laughs> <laughs> because which leads me to my next yeah. question. What what do you think are the biggest misconceptions about Pinterest? Um, I think the biggest one probably is who it's for, right? So people picture it as just being for wedding dresses or recipes. And yeah, it's true that those are super popular on Pinterest. Um, so if you look at what is most popular on Pinterest, it's probably you know, what, what you would expect. It's food and drink, it's travel, home, kids and parenting, fashion, beauty, health and wellness, celebrations, hobbies and interests. Yeah, those are the most popular things on Pinterest. But you don't have to be anywhere inside that area in order to have success. And I think that's what people don't understand. That and the fact that it is not just a different form of social media. It's it's not social media. It's kind of the introverts platform, which is another reason I think I love it, um, because you go in there and you're not trying to curate an image of yourself for other people. Oh, right. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> you're trying to plan your best life for yourself. So there's room for personal reflection and for just becoming the best whatever you want to be, whether it's the best athlete or the best cook, you know, just within reason. And you're not trying to be fake about it. It's just and I'm not saying everyone on Instagram and Facebook is, but on Pinterest, there's just no pressure to to project perfection. I love that. I've never really thought about it like that. But actually, it kind of is like this giant collaborative vision board, right? Oh, Where we're yeah. all trying to be the best version of ourselves. We're dream. We're in dream mode, planning exactly. mode. Yes. And that is why um, you can reach people much higher up in the decision-making process because um, there is a webinar, a Pinterest webinar I listened to uh, maybe a month or so ago. Um, and, and it was a guy, I don't remember his name from Pinterest who was talking. And he said, I don't go on Pinterest because I want to find Nike shoes. I go on Pinterest because I don't know how to dress myself. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and I thought that is so perfect. That's, that is so perfect. Because <laughs> mm. you're, you're starting with very few preconceptions about what it is you want to find. So you're open to new things, to smaller brands and new ideas. Although, let me ask you this. I have noticed that I see, like Pinterest knows that I am always scouring Pinterest for stuff about social media and marketing. Mm-hmm. And so I see a lot of the same people, I guess the people's boards who I'm following, I I think I see mostly the same, I see a lot of the same stuff. So I don't, I don't, I don't get, I don't get exposed to a lot of new content. Is that is that, am I imagining that? Um, it, that should not be the case. So they just recently brought in something called the follower tab 
And that is a tab where you should see uh, the pins from the people and the boards that you follow. Mm -hmm. But the smart feed, which is where you land uh, by default, is a combination of things. So it might be some from the people and boards you follow. It's going to be some that are picked for boards that you have. So if you're finding like you're not seeing a variety, not seeing maybe the personal things you're interested in, it could be because you're not searching for those things. You're not creating boards for them and you're not engaging with pins like that because what Pinterest is saying by by showing you all social media in your feed is okay we've watched how, what you engage with this is what we see you want this is what you're going to get in the smart feed but if say you wanted to look at oh what's something that you're interested in personally um whole 30 like food whole 30 oh perfect that's huge okay so if you if you said well I don't want to pin that to my business board because I feel like that's going to confuse my followers. That's fine. You just create a secret board for whole for whole 30 recipes. And then you start searching Pinterest for whole 30 recipes, start saving those pins to your secret board. You're going to start seeing more related to that in your smart feed. It's going to be whole 30. It's going to be other healthy recipes. It's probably going to be some fitness pins, um, but that will start to kind of um, change the feel of your smart feed. Ah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So what about the makeup of the people on Pinterest? Is it still mostly women? Mm -hmm. It is mostly women. But um, of the of the new signups that are coming on Pinterest, I think something like 40% of them are men. Uh, and that wow. partially reflects the, uh, the international makeup of Pinterest. So now we have a, a little, I think, over 50% outside of the U.S. And for some reason in the U.S., <laughs> the number of women on Pinterest are, is much higher than men. So for example, we have um, 70% of U.S. moms are on Pinterest and something like 30% of U.S. dads are on Pinterest. So there's a huge discrepancy in the U.S., but in other countries, especially the U.K., for whatever reason, um, it's more equal. That is interesting. Yeah. So I've heard a lot about uh, rich pins. And I think at some point I did go and convert all of my pins to rich pins. That was a while ago. For our listeners who don't know what rich pins, can you explain what they are and why they are important? Yes. So with rich pins, Pinterest will go into the into your page on your on your website and pull out the the metadata. So it might pull out. It depends on which kind of rich pin. So you probably chose article rich pins. And that pulls out things like the title, um, the date published, the author, and it will show some of that on your pins. And what's great about that is that it enables you to set something of a description that's permanent. So let's say you had an article about um, how to do a successful Twitter chat. That might be the name of it. But, you know, when someone saves that article to their Pinterest board, they could change the description to be, um, hey, this is cool. Right. That's, that's not helpful to you at all. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, but you not, you have, because of that rich pin, you have that permanent description of how to have a successful Twitter chat. Right. That's something nobody can change. And it also gives Pinterest more context about what your article is. So it, it is highly recommended. Um, there is some controversy with, with, uh, recipe bloggers who, um, this shows the ingredients of their, of their rest of their recipe. And some people have removed them feeling like, well, if it shows the ingredients, then why would people need to click through to my site? They feel like they're losing a lot of traffic, mm -hmm. but, but there's another way to look at it because if I see a recipe pin and it doesn't have the ingredients on it and I think, oh, that looks good. 
I click through, I get to the site, realize I don't have half the ingredients. I'm leaving right away. Right. So they right. may be getting a lot more clicks to their site, but their bounce rate may be going up. Right. So wouldn't they rather have someone who would find that, oh, yes, I do have those ingredients and that looks easy. Um, and then go to the site to get the instructions and stick around a while. Yeah. And not to mention the fact that if they, let's suppose, I mean, I can't imagine doing the recipe without ever clicking into it. I mean, I need more than just oh, the ingredients. Absolutely. But, you do. Yeah. You know, but let's just say that's true. If the, if the recipe is a great success and, and they loved it, they're going to come back to you. And they're going to yeah. look for more. So. And they're going to save it to their own boards and other people will see it. They may even like when after you save a recipe pen, a lot of times when you come back to Pinterest, it will say, did you make this? Um, and it will encourage you to upload a photo and to upload a comment. Um, and that is a way to help your pins get seen more when, you know, and have more people try it when when people can say, oh, someone made this and here's their picture and it actually came out like it looks like it going to. So Pinterest is really encouraging us to use those rich pins. So in terms of getting those, those rich pins, so I write a blog post and I make sure that it's, you know, that it's, it's rich and that all my metadata is there. Uh, and I want the world to see it. And let's say I'm just not having a lot of luck, luck with it. Uh, and I want to promote it. What kind of pins do I want to promote? I mean, I, I just want, let's talk about promoted pins because this is a really the wild frontier for me. Okay, cool. Well, I just want to um, clarify for just one second that when you set up rich pins, it's the kind of thing you do once, right? So you had to go through verifying it with Pinterest, but then as long as you put everything in the back end like you normally do, Pinterest pulls it in. So there's nothing you have to do special. Yeah, thanks for clarifying that. Yeah, yep. you're welcome. I just don't want it to sound too scary. It's not. It's easy and you should do it. Um, <laughs> but as far as promoting pins, um, what you should promote is what converts. So if you have a product and you know that when people come to that product page from Pinterest, it converts really well, that would be a great place to start. Or if you have a landing page that converts really well and, and hopefully you can tell how your Pinterest traffic is engaging with it as well. Uh, that is what you want to promote. And is it hard? Is it difficult? And how does it compare with Facebook ads? Okay. It, yes. So I, I find Pinterest promoted pins to be quite simple. When I go into the Facebook ads manager, especially whatever it is they call the fancy one that I can't even remember right now, um, <laughs> it just has so many options. Whereas promoted pins is really fairly simple. It's a, a much newer platform, of course, and there are fewer options for targeting. So you can do something similar to the Facebook boost post where you just promote the pin right on the pin. I, mm -hmm. I do not recommend that because you have very little option as far as your targeting goes and it can just spend a lot of money real quick. Um, so instead just go to ads and I can also make it even easier for you by telling you to start with a traffic campaign. So uh, with a traffic campaign, you only pay for clicks to your site. Oh, yeah. So as, as your, um, as your promoted pin is out there and getting thousands of impressions that you you know, you're only paying when people click, but more and more people are seeing it, more and more people are saving it or repinning it. And then other people are clicking on those repins. You don't pay for those. Oh, that's gravy. Um, yeah, exactly. So, but what, I mean, can you give us a range of what we might uh, expect to pay per click? 
Yeah, so you have to bid at least 10 cents. However, there are some industries uh, where you can end up spending a lot less. So you might end up spending five cents a click. Um, and then on the other end, it really, it's, it's just like Facebook in that it's an auction. So it really mm -hmm. depends on what you're competing for. Um, I have some campaigns where we spend 75 cents a click. So it just depends on, on your targeting. So like if I'm, if I do wedding dresses, I'm going to pay more than like if I'm an orthodontist. Exactly. I mean, just assuming there's less orthodontist. <laughs> yeah, if you're an orthodontist, I'm not sure promoted pins is the best thing for you, but that's a different discussion. <laughs> right. Okay. What would you say are the big no-nos on Pinterest? In Pinterest in general, like organic yeah, Pinterest? Okay. Uh, yeah, organic or, or advertising. I probably maybe should ask more questions about Pinterest ads, but it sounds like it's pretty straightforward. I find it to be, and yet <laughs> I, I have a course for it, and I also have a Facebook group for it, and it's amazing um, that it can be overwhelming. So definitely, you know, start with your traffic campaign, and then something that's really not intuitive is that when you go into your targeting, and if you use a custom audience, so if you use a visitor audience or an uploaded email list audience or an act-alike audience. You can start with those, but then if you also add keywords, you're actually shrinking the pool of people that you're Wow. Reading. Wait a minute. So we can do like on Facebook, we can do lookalike ads and we can do custom email lists and, and, um, interest targeting. Yes, you can. <laughs> Wait, I'll be right back. I'm okay. about to run a no, Pinterest ad. <laughs> you know, you know what's going to make you even more excited is that there's something you can do on Pinterest that I don't think you can do natively with Facebook. I think there might be some platforms that will let you do it on Facebook, but you can also do an engagement campaign. Well, it's not a campaign, the engagement targeting. So what that means is you can target anybody who's engaged with any pin that goes to your website. And that any pin, any any pin, pin that, that goes, goes to your website. So that means um, you wrote an article about Twitter chats. I pinned mm -hmm. it. And then one of my followers clicked on it, saved it, whatever. Now you can target that follower of mine. And when their follower clicks on it, do I get to tag them too? I mean, do I get to? Yeah, because that pin goes to your website. So that is wow. your data, right? And you can you could do things like, I only want to target people who clicked on the pin that went to my Twitter chat post, or I only want to tar target people who engaged in some way. Like maybe they did a close up on my pin that went to my Twitter chat and, and my summer camp page, right? So you can get really specific. So I'm assuming there is a Pinterest pixel. Yeah. That we install. Yes. You definitely need to do that. Yeah. <laughs> and how, and is that just a straightforward stick it in the header tag kind of yes. a deal? Yeah. It's really, really simple. Um, but you do need to do it and do it now, especially if you want to be targeting visitors to your site. Okay. Wow. That's really exciting. Isn't that cool? Cause can you do that at all on Facebook target uh, like people? Um, if, if I shared your article on my Facebook page, someone clicked on the link. Could you target that person? Sort of, kind of like kind it's. Of you can you can do there are a lot of um engagement targeting options so like if i if i put a video out there i can target anybody who has interacted with that video for any amount of time and i can also do the amount of time and i can and you can say anybody who has ever clicked on any of my posts 
Yeah, but, but I'm what, trying if, to what think. if I did it though? If I if I saved your video to Facebook and somebody engaged with that, can you target those people who engage with my version of it? Well, you can't really save my video, but if you share my video, all the people who click on it, yeah, I get that. I get okay. them. Okay. I get them. That's but cool. but still, it's it's with Pinterest because yeah, I don't know. I just have to think about this because it's kind of blowing my mind just a little bit. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, and but, I wish, yeah, I kind of wish I would have known about this sooner. So <laughs> all you had to do was ask, Jen. I'm right here. You know I where mean, I am. I know. <laughs> so another cool thing you can do with these engagement audiences is you can say, um, you can filter it by action type. So you can say, I want to target people who have engaged with a pin to this article or to all my articles, whatever is important to you. And I want to target only the people who did not click. Right? So you know these people have saved or done a close-up or commented on your pin. They just haven't clicked yet. And so obviously, if you like, if you keep showing it to them, eventually they're going to take more action. So right. I just, it's, it's incredibly powerful if you really start digging in. Wow. Okay. Well, so with Facebook, whenever we upload our um, our custom audiences, when we bring leads into the platform, they cut us a break on the cost of conversions because they know that we brought those leads, that we already owned those leads. Hmm. Um, is Pinterest similar in terms of giving you a break on the on the you cost, know, you know? Not explicitly. However, your click-through rate on an owned audience is going to be higher, which then does reduce what you pay. And that's so a good point. Like right. Yeah. I think that one of the biggest differences between, well, there are a couple, but one of the biggest differences between advertising on Facebook, advertising on Pinterest is the audience size, right? So there are 200 million active pinners. How many million monthly active Facebook users are there? Two billion. Yeah. Yeah. So active. <laughs> yeah, really. I mean, there is literally. <laughs> right. Yeah. So that is where you kind of have to adjust expectations as far as the number of impressions you're going to get. It's going to be lower. Well, let me ask you this. So mm -hmm. I, I feel like, I mean, I've got pins that I stuck up there five years ago that mm -hmm. are, they're still there because once you release them, you could delete them. I mean, you could delete the content off your blog, let's say, but that pin is still floating around Pinterest. Yeah. In it's all its ugliness and in all its rookiness of, of when you were a new, oh, new yeah. business we person. all have them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so they're out there. And so when it comes to events like this social media summer camp, I'm in the middle of the launch. Mm -hmm. uh, is it worth it for me to create a pin and make it a rich pin? I mean, not a rich pin, a promoted pin. With like when the timeline is so short, like there's a beginning and an end. It just, you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. Because so I want mean. it floating out in Pinterest forever once it's since it's gonna die. Um, only if when it's over, there's something else of value that you offer at that same page. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do. There's a waiting list. I mean, it always goes to waiting list after enrollment closes. Okay, I would say you're probably gonna want to offer more than that, like. <laughs> you don't think that's like, valuable? I'm sure it is fabulously valuable, but it's so awesome that people don't want to wait a year. So what you could do is offer like a free sample class. Oh, that's a great idea. Yeah. I mean, I've got a million freebies, so it should just yeah. be like, oops, you know, yeah, the doors to camp close, but here's, you know, your social media checklist. Yeah, and it'll be through. back. Yeah. So get on the list and we'll let you know when it comes back. In the meantime, enjoy this free 
workshop. Which um, actually I really should do anyway. So thanks yeah, for that. You're welcome. Check is in the mail. Anytime. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the really important thing. I mean, um, it, it is, oh, in my opinion, and I, I had a really great interview with the head of product marketing for Pinterest a couple weeks ago. Um, and we talked about this too, that deleting pins is not a good use of your time because, well, for one thing, like you said, even if you delete your version of the pin, there are thousands of others floating around out there you have no control over. Mm -hmm. So rather than deleting a pin, even if it leads to a page that has nothing on it now, put something on that page right? So you're either going to direct that page to somewhere else, or you're going to put other options like, oh, sorry, this is, this item is out of stock, but here's something else you might like, uh, something. So you don't want people ending up on a dead, dead site. Cause that was a thing for a while. Is it still a thing where people use that as a strategy to delete, to delete all their (laughs) pins? And are they still doing that? Like what, what's, what's that about? Yeah. So there, it, it was a misconception that I, and I understand why. So the idea was, um, if you delete your pins that are not performing well, that will raise up the overall engagement rate of your account, which will then make your good pins appear more in the smart feed and higher in search, all this stuff. That was a misconception. Um, I think we guessed that that would work. And there were some anecdotal reports that some people did it and it worked. And I, and there are still people today saying to do it. However, that was another thing I discussed with Sarah live on Facebook and said, does this work? Is there any, is there any use for this? No, it does not because each pin's success is independent of the others. So if you have one pin that does terribly, um, the next pin that you pin, its success has nothing to do with the previous ones. They're all independent. So oh. unlike Facebook, where if you have a great Facebook Live, gets a ton of engagement, then maybe your next post will get more engagement than it would have before. It's independent. Well, I don't know. That's kind of good news to me. I mean, that's I kind of awesome. I yeah. love it. <laughs> yeah, I and, and pretty much gives us hope. Ac- absolutely. At any time, especially on Pinterest, probably everywhere else too. But I just live in Pinterest, uh, where you hear these gimmicky kind of things being promoted. It doesn't work. Pinterest is smarter than that. Right. So another thing that people had been doing was they would pin their content and then they would repin it themselves, feeling like that would send Pinterest an engagement signal that would say, oh, this is a good pin. I should repin it. Not knowing that Pinterest knows it's your content. (laughs) So if you are repinning your own content, that does not count. So, uh-huh. um, because Pinterest values fresh pins, meaning, um, you go to a site and you pin from the site or you use something like Tailwind, which, um, you can even use Tailwind inside of Pinterest and click on the repin or save button and it will send out a fresh pin. Anything other than going right to Pinterest, hitting save and saving a pin to your board is a fresh pin. So when you're saving your own content, you always want to go to your site or to Tailwind and pin from there because Pinterest likes fresh content. Can you tell us a little bit more about Tailwind? Is that what you use to make it so that you don't have to stay in front of your computer all day pinning things? Yes. I would love to stand in front of my computer all day pinning things. However, (laughs) (laughs) nobody has time for that. Um, So I am the content marketing manager at Tailwind. I have been for about a year. But prior to that, um, every time a new client came on, the first requirement, 
aside from paying me, is that they have a Tailwind account. And the reason for that is because Pinterest wants to see that you are an active pinner. They want to see you pinning consistently rather than pinning 70 pins all at once. Um, and there's also great value in pinning when your followers are likely to be engaging. Now, if I wanted to go through your account, Jen, and figure out when that would be, like what days, what times, what should I pin when, that would take me a thousand years and I wouldn't do it. But <laughs> fortunately, <laughs> right, uh, Tailwind does that for you. So it analyzes your followers and what you're pinning and figures out the best times for you to pin and creates a smart schedule. So you can just use your little browser extension and say, I want to schedule this out and it puts it in the next open slot. So that not only keeps you active from Pinterest point of view, but it also pins at the best time for you. And it means you're not just pinning once a week, right? So you could do an, a week's worth in an hour or less, no problem. So, but how do the pins get there in the first place? Okay, so you can use a browser extension. So just like you might have a Pinterest browser extension that you hit and you send to Pinterest, there's a Tailwind browser extension that you can hit and it goes right to the Tailwind schedule for you. You can also use something called Tribes, which is where I get most of my content uh, that isn't stuff I've written. So Tailwind Tribe is um, a section in Tailwind where you get together with a group of bloggers who blog something similar to you or stuff you want to pin. Um, and so you put your content in and you share other people's content out to your boards. And it's very reciprocal. So the owners and admins of the tribe can see if people are coming in and just dumping their content and leaving or if they're sharing other people's stuff out. And you can watch like how many shares have I gotten on the content I put in here? How many repins have happened because of those shares? What's the potential reach I've gotten because of this tribe? And for me, uh, it's just saved me a ton of time finding content because I mean, you don't have to really pin other people's content if you're blogging enough, right? So if I blogged 10 times a day, I would never have to pin anybody else's <laughs> content, but I'm not going to do that. So in order to stay active and consistent and to be a good resource, I need to share other people's content. So rather than going to like Feedly or Alltop, which are awesome ways to, to find fresh content, it comes right into my tribe. And I have found all kinds of new bloggers I never knew existed because they asked to join my tribe. It's just huge time saver. Now, outside of Tailwind, mm -hmm. when it comes to group boards and yeah. someone, at, how do you know, like I've been invited to some boards and I'm like, I don't know what to say. I'm not, and then I, you know what I mean? It's like yeah. the title looks right, but I typically I just, it feels like a commitment. So I don't, <laughs> I don't do it, but like what, I don't really understand group, group boards. Well, they have kind of somewhat fallen out of favor. And part of the reason is because a lot of them got too big and then became spammy. Mm -hmm. So the, the remaining benefit of them is that if you pin to a group board, the people following that group board may see your pins when they wouldn't otherwise have seen them. So I guess you just, before you accept as a contributor, you want to make sure that the content looks fresh and not full of junk, that it's, yeah. that it's curated well by whoever the manager is, yes. I guess. So when I'm doing an 
audit for a brand new client who has a Pinterest account already, that's one of the things I will look at is how the group boards are performing. So um, Tailwind has a section called Board Insights, and it's going to tell you how your boards are doing. And I just I specifically look, well, I look at all of them, but really take a hard look at the group boards because sometimes um, their repin rate is terrible. And so you might as well just not even be there. Um, so I'll decide like which ones to say and which ones not based on that. So you can see how many repins each pin on that board is getting. Um, so I would, you know, accept one or two of them, give it a few weeks and then check your board insights. Well, I am going to be all over Pinterest now after this um, conversation because uh, I really have kind of neglected it mm -hmm. and um, and I haven't been using Tailwind. So I'm signing up for Tailwind Yay. and I am going to, I'm actually uh, this afternoon, I am going to launch an ad to summer camp and see how that goes. I'm super awesome. excited about that. Well, let me know if I can help. And you know, I have to say, I spoke about Pinterest promoted pins at Social Media Marketing World again this year. And whenever someone would ask me, what are you speaking about? And I would tell them, they would say, oh, I know I'm leaving so much money on the table by not using Pinterest. <laughs> and I thought, yep. And you're going to tell me the same thing next year. Uh, but but I will say that that it's it's a very common thing, right? So the percentage of marketers in in the social media examiner survey who are using Pinterest keeps going down every year. Um, and when, when we were at the keynote, I was sitting next to Kate all who runs simple pin media. Mm -hmm. And when some of those numbers came out, we just looked at each other and rolled our eyes because, because there's so much there that people aren't benefiting from that they could be. So I, I hope yeah. they will. <laughs> Absolutely. No, I am totally inspired. And I know that our listeners are too. So thank you so much for joining us today, Elisa. This has been truly eye-opening. And audience, if you'd like to learn more from Elisa or download one of her awesome freebies, like her recently updated Pinterest promoted pin planner, head over to elisameredith.com and also blog.tailwindapp.com. This is all listed in the show, no show notes at jenlaner.com forward slash 15. And remember, you need to write the number out. Elisa, thanks again. Thanks, Jen. <laughs>